0: Let's see what the stew has for us today. Welcome to the Gnomecast, the Gnome Stew's tabletop gaming advice podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by our awesome Patreon backers like the jaunty Jeffrey Lees, the ludicrous Lord Tentacle, and the stupendous Suzanne Cabral. Today we have myself, Ange, along with our newest gnome, D. Hi. And we're gonna skip our Get to Know a Gnome question, because this whole episode is going to be about getting to know Dee.
1: Oh, boy. Uh... (laughs) Hi, Dee. Welcome to the stew. Hi. uh, Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, you are our newest gnome, and this is probably the the quickest after adding a gnome that we have actually gotten to record the Get to Know a Gnome episode. I think poor Chuck had to wait about... Five to six months after he was added before we got to his episode.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad to be part of this um, new generation, I guess. Sure. <laughs> let's go with that.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: I go by D. That's not my real name. It's just something I use for online. I'm a student librarian. I'm trying to be a librarian. I really like... I've spent the last couple months like working on panels and presentations, ah, in order to teach people how to GM, I I really find jamming important, and like that's why I'm part, of, like I want to be part of Gnome Sue more than like any other blog.
0: <laughs> honestly, I believe librarians are superheroes because they they honestly oh. do have superpowers.
1: We do. Fun fact: we're not allowed to use the shush thing anymore. It's <laughs> not it's not allowed. Really. Like, I thought it was going to be a whole thing where, like, once I graduate, I could just do the shush whenever because it was, like, a superpower, but no, it's too rude, so we have to say, could you please quiet down? <laughs> We're not, yeah. That's it's awesome, sad. though. <laughs> if I ever get to, like, work in a library in a small town, I'm bringing it back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, once you're in charge of the library, you can do anything you mm-hmm. want.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So why don't we get into your gamer origin story. How did you come to be a gamer?
1: Okay, so like, I want to say, I want to say my real story starts 11 years ago, but probably just like one or two years before that. The first game I ever played was like a one-shot. And it was it was like a Naruto 3.5. <laughs> like, they they, I had no idea what I was getting into. And they're like, oh, what kind of powers do you want your character to have? And I went nuts. I was like, I want my character to be able to generate barriers all over their body. It was give you a whole thing, but that was a wash, and I don't really count it as like my first role playing experience. Well,
0: I mean, it still gave you a taste of what it was, and you know, back in the day, they used to slam everything into three point five. So they did.
1: I mean, the first taste it gave me was that the GM, like, the was the GM and another player sitting in a corner talking to each other for, like, an hour, and oh, the rest of us were just waiting, and I'm like, is this how it's supposed to be like?
0: No, no, but that is not an uncommon experience either.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was like okay, but, like, officially, like, into my first long campaign, my first real game and campaign, um, there was these guys I met on League of Legends, yeah, I know, right? Um... <laughs> And they were like, Hey, you seem fun. You should join you should uh join us to play League of Legends for and then like, I did. And then they're like, Hey, and then they always disappeared at the same time, like every weekend, like, so what's going on then? And I'm like, Is this like a cult?
0: <laughs> you know, I mean it's uh yeah. Dark
1: basement practically the same thing. So yeah, no, it was actually a game and they all met all they all they all knew each other offline. So when they got me to start playing, I was just like the, the computer in the corner. <laughs> it was nice. They they wanted to uh, get me in there. So that was my first campaign. I started off as a level one sorcerer in a level six game. It was not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was that 3.5
1: as well? D&D 3.5? Oh, it was 3.5. It was like rampant at the time. Yeah, so they like, I was like, why aren't I higher level? And they were like, oh, because you know you're starting, we wanted to get used to the whole thing. I'm like, that guy is throwing a a thunderbolt, like a lightning bolt that does ten d six. Even if I save, I'm my my eight hp, no, like my seven hp sorcerer ain't gonna get that. <laughs> Either way, so the most important part about this was not even a week later, I'm like telling my high school friends, and hey, I got to three point five, and they're like. Oh my God, we've always wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, and they're like, "Yeah, you have to, um, you absolutely have to run for us." And I'm like, I, I don't even know what a d20 is. I've never touched an actual <laughs> d20. I don't know what a saving throw is. I don't know how to make these rolls. And they're like, "You're our only hope." And I'm like, "Fine, you got me with the Star Wars reference."
0: That's interesting because this this is veering right into the next question I was asked is how did you transition from playing to running? And it sounds like, uh, you know, by conscription, you were
1: forced into it. Not even a week after I was already running my first campaign and it was like, I had no idea there were such things as like, like campaign books or modules because I just didn't know. (laughs) So I hit the ground running with a homebrew campaign. That they immediately ruined, because, you know, that's what players do.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to go left when you planned for everything to go right.
1: Yeah, so, like, I would actually at this point consider myself more of a GM than a player, because I could remember, like, weeks and months and even years where I haven't played, but if you're going to ask me, do I remember a month or two where I didn't run something, I can't tell you for certain.
0: (laughs) Now, um... Did you even have the books at that time?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, ask me if I have the 5e books now, the answer is still no. (laughs) So like I ran a two year 5e campaign and I don't own any of the books.
0: (laughs) Honestly, you know, I, I, I own three books, you know, three physical books. I own the player's handbook. I own the dungeon master's guide. And I own Waterdeep Adventures. Nice. I don't even I don't even have the monster manual because there are so many resources out there where you can right. find the stats and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, uh, it's because there's a it's all like S yeah yeah the
0: S R D is wonderful. I love um,
1: open open.
0: Yeah, I love going to Roll 20s resource because they have mm-hmm. pretty much all the information right there for all the S R D information, and you can just grab it and go. Yeah, And while I'm not a big fan of playing Pathfinder anymore, I've kind of moved out of that 3.5, 3.75 stage of stuff. Pathfinder has incredible Mm -hmm. resources available online for all of their
1: stuff. Well, yeah. There's always going to be so many monster books. Like, Pathfinder released, like, four. 3.5 has six bestiaries, I believe. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah... There's always gonna be like more stuff out there, more monsters. And often it's the same kind of monsters, but once you get like an idea of what the creatures are, you could just like translate them. Yeah. For me, I I actually I like that story I was talking about a while where I was spent two years and I didn't have the books. Still don't have the books. But for the first four months, I did not know how to play five E. <laughs> I I had tricked my players that I could I knew five E. Because I had a partner that gave me, and by gave me, I mean he lent to me Horde of the Dragon Queen and we broke up and it just never went back to him. <laughs> and like, I kind of got the gist of what the general DCs were. There were some stats in there. I I got resources online. I And so I faked how, knowing how to play 5e for four months before the players were like, do you do you know how to play?
0: You know, I'm gonna have to do a future, a uh, future Gnomecast episode <laughs> where I get you and Senda on to talk about running games without having any idea of how the game actually works. Because <laughs> Senda, Senda ran a four, fourth edition D and D campaign without having the book or Ooh. vague ideas of how it works, and she does this all the time. On she's a super geek anyway.
1: No, yeah, no, I, 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 I am so for that. Like. Yeah, I, I fully believe that GMing is a universal thing. That's why I have like these business cards and people in my local area they have like DM on theirs. I'm like, no, I'm I'm general enough to do this.
0: <laughs> so what types of games do you like to play? I mean obviously we've mostly talked about D and D, but it sounds like you've also experienced beyond that threshold at this point.
1: I've played a lot of table, like, I've played quite a few tabletops. I own more tabletops than I've played. So, that, um, I play a lot of, I play a lot of games. I th- I think that's a, a truism
0: of most of us at Gnome Stew, that we own far more, far more games than we've actually played.
1: It really, it really is very sad. As much as I try pushing on new games, there's always gonna be more people being like, hey, why don't we just play 5e? And I'm like, okay, sure. But I recently got my old 5e group to try this one system called Fantasy Age, and I'm, like, really excited about ah, it. Ah,
0: yeah, yeah. the By, um, by Green, uh, Green Ronin. Yeah. Yeah. I did a short campaign of uh, the Dragon Age setting that uses that same system.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's because uh, it actually started with Dragon Age. The Dragon Age was the first one, and they were like, oh, this got really popular. So they generalized it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's It's not my favorite system, but
1: it's an interesting one. It's the... Stunting. I found stunting really interesting. The whole like, you know, everything kind of feels like a partial critical, which is nice.
0: My only concern with the the stunting is that it always slowed down slowed things down as people were trying to like they couldn't like one of the frustrations my players had is they would they would want to declare what they were doing right at the beginning of their action but didn't really know what their action was going to be until after the roll because of stunts and then it would take time to figure out which stunts they were going to use so it kind of would slow down combat a little bit but it was still a very interesting mechanic
1: yeah the system's really good if you have a group four and less Mm -hmm. and more than that and it slows the game too much but if you can get like the sweet spot it goes it's decent it's not the fastest yeah for video games i i used to really like competitive stuff you know, uh, Obviously, like League of Legends has been mentioned already. It was huge for me. Nowadays, I like more, like, I can't even say softer stuff. There's been this one game I've been playing for the last two, three days called Kind Words. It's amazing. I love it. It's it's essentially, you're just in, like, a room, and you have you, you can, like, look at requests and send requests, and it's just people that talk about things that are bothering them or just sharing love. So I I, I would click... Look at requests, and there's people telling me, "Hey, I'm having this issue where I feel really lonely that my ex-wife gets to take my son every other weekend," and then you would respond with a real letter, being like, "Hey, I hope you're doing fine. I hope you're doing okay." And, are these and are
0: these real people or are real these computer people. generated stuff? Real people. Oh wow, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's and I I just I just like I half baked a request being like. I guess I'll just try throwing one out. I, I talked about how I think about too much stuff at night that keeps me up and I have difficulty sleeping, and I got like a flood of like seven letters being like, "Hey, I feel the same way," and like I cried because I I I didn't put all myself into it, but people are answering as if I did, and it it was really touching.
0: That's really interesting. We'll have to um get get me a link for that, and we'll throw it sure. in the show notes.
1: Kind words. Kind cool. words. I, I, I 100% support it. It's it's great. Also, it plays like, okay, so it's um it's based off how, um if you go on YouTube, you know how those lo-fi uh, beat, like, playlists? Like, mm-hmm. lo-fi, uh, yeah, so, lo-fi, hip-hop, you know, ch- uh, tunes to listen to. If you look into the comment sec- um like, the chat section, people are often just talking about their day and just, like, cheering each other on. And apparently that inspired this. Huh. So there's always lo-fi music playing in the background as your really kind music, as your being kind. That's really, really like, cool. It's just nice. It's um, right, so this uh, kind of attaches to something about a little bit more about myself. I identify as what I would call a me- well, I wouldn't call but what other someone called a metamodernist. It's um it's kinda like this idea where like the past generation has been really cynical and metamodernism is kind of being about also being cynical but also at the same time really earnestly seeking sincere connections with people and that greatly inspires the kind of stuff I write.
0: That's interesting, you know, and that that, that, that speaks a little bit to what I've seen in some of the younger generation, like the Gen Z folks I yeah. know, you know, it's the, yeah, the world is crap and whatnot, but I'm still gonna try and put as much positivity into it as I can.
1: That's exactly it. It's the oscillation being you should still be skeptic because the world has been like skewed up by past things, but also we should try connecting despite that.
0: yeah, I like Thanks.
1: that metaamaism I like that
0: so what um what types of um do you have like any ongoing let's in back in the the tabletop gaming world, do you have any like current campaigns running? Anything fun like that that you want to share? I
1: I run that Dragon Age... Uh, no, no. I run uh, like uh, that Fantasy Age game I was talking about. It was originally going to be like, a story involving the past campaign did, and those people... It, at the end of the previous campaign, one of the player's boyfriends, who was secretly a mimic, bound himself to a castle, and now he's just like a castle, and they're trying to like free him from that. So it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. I wanted to start the story going from there and them trying to solve it. But some people weren't into it. They just wanted a new story. So I just shipwrecked them. And that's gonna, that's starting today. That's <laughs> restarting.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm
1: like, I, I need to pivot.
0: Now, you mentioned with your work as a librarian, you've also done stuff to try and introduce people to GMing.
1: Uh, Not necessarily as a librarian, but introducing GMing is like one of the main things I do. I I spoke at this con anime revolution in mm-hmm. August. It was like three days. I had somehow gotten three different panels, and I do all the panels myself, so they were honestly more like presentations. And I was just talking ah. about GMing. Awesome. And I'm doing that again at KomoriCon in November.
0: And can I ask where Kumori Con is? Portland. Portland cool
1: yeah so that's gonna be a whole thing I I talk about GMing and I try not giving information that you can look up or that's particularly common my third panel for uh anime revolutions was I think it was called time wizardry and mind control how to control your players and the pacing (laughs) yeah you know how those the people have the things where like, oh, this player is the instigator. This person is the actor. And I'm like, no, 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 nah. Let's get even more in-depth into it. I'm going to separate players into using three different categorical traits and, th- and multiple things inside of them. So a player I could identify as being an active role-play-seeking uh, hoarder or something like that. Ah. I, I would need to look at my notes. And then each of those have, like, a speed value attributed. So you get, like, eventually, you can find your player as being, like, a plus three. And every time you interact with the player, it speeds up the game by three points.
0: You know, this sounds like a Gnome Stew article. Yeah,
1: no, I, w- I definitely wanted to write that um <laughs> at some point. But, yeah, and it was all about just manipulating... <laughs> oh, my God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> manipulating your players to perfectly get your pacing down.
0: <laughs> well, I do believe that pacing is a upper-tier level GM skill. Because it it takes a little bit to understand, you know, when you need to, you know, when you can let the players just mess around and do whatever they want to do, and when you need to kind of keep, you know, push to get them moving forward. Oh, yeah,
1: it's really hard. And
0: when to start wrapping up your game.
1: Oh, yeah. So those are the kind of panels, like, presenting. Like, information that isn't necessarily common knowledge, but I think can help bring GMing to another level. It's like, everyone is saying that you shouldn't be like Matt Mercer because he's like a god GM that is like, that 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 goes the extra mile. And I'm like, you don't have to be him, but per, the pursuit of perfection is in itself a worthy goal.
0: Even Matt Mercer says you don't have to be Matt Mercer to run exactly. a
1: game. Yeah, but like, I find a lot of fulfillment in trying to bring or like trying to achieve the next level of GMing and teaching that to other people. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So now that I have suggested that that be an art you know your 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 player categorization (laughs) system be a Gnome Stew article what type of other articles can our audience expect to see from you? Hard opinions. I
1: was (laughs) I I I have already put down some Opinionated articles, by being like, "Why should let the DM on, blah, 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 et etc That I have this series I want to start doing called System Splicing, where I look into like specific systems and then just take out the mechanics or the specific things that would that you could apply to other games that isn't dice specific. So that's awesome. I couldn't take out I couldn't take out Fantasy Ages stunting because that doesn't really work because that's unique to the dice system but for 5e take it uh bring out advantage. Yeah. That'd, that'd be a great.
0: Yeah, and I find like one of the things that just has kind of organically happened in my own gaming is having run a lot of powered by the apocalypse games. Yeah. I love that, you know, yes and or no but type of response to the dice rolls. Because mm-hmm. you, you want to still keep things moving forward. And so I've gotten away from the, you know, black or white failure success that you used to
1: see in D&D. Yeah, yeah. So. I fully agree. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I look forward to seeing your articles and I'm sure our yeah. audience does oh. as well. Thank you. We should probably start heading out. Okay. This show is funded by the Gnome Stew Patreon. You too can become a Patreon backer by following the Patreon link on the Gnome Stew website to the Gnome Stew Patreon. This ad is brought to you by Youthful Enthusiasm, that elusive energy drink that seems to become scarcer the older you get. If you're a gamer, you'll want to get your hands on a supply so you can keep your sense of wonder and excitement in your heart. (laughs) If you're enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably, like
1: many of the other Misdirected Mark shows, here's one to check out. The Lounge, where Doc finds the best, the brightest, the most fun game designers and sits down to have a cool chat with them. You never know what conversation is going to come up in The Lounge.
0: You can find all of us at gnomestew.com, at gnomestew on Twitter, and gnomestew on Facebook. D, where
1: else can we find you on the internet? You can find me at my Twitter, diceqgm, at Twitter, I guess? Um, there's like a uh, yeah, there's like a link in my uh, little like author page thing. Just go click that. I also have like a blog. I sometimes post stuff there.
0: Uh, what's the blog's address?
1: Ah, uh, oh good lord. Um, thedicequeen.wordpress.com.
0: We'll have a link in the show notes. We'll have a link in the show notes. <laughs> and you can find me at orikes13 o r i k s 13 on Twitter and Instagram. Though Instagram is mostly just pictures of my cats.
1: Cats are great, come
0: on. Yeah, I mean, they are. This is why my Instagram is mostly just pictures of my cats. Yeah. So, do you think we avoided the stew on your very first week as a member of the stew?
1: I think. Is, is being in the stew bad? Because I was trying to get here the whole time. <laughs> Gnomecast is hosted by Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Ab- Ah, uh,
0: no.